Welcome to the Modern Merriman Podcast with Tom Hicks and John DeVito. Modern Merriman is a podcast of the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. We're hosting a weekly conversation on the law and the gospel so that church leaders and Christian lay people will rightly divide the word of truth. And once more, uh, I am back as the lone Modern Modern Merriman. Uh, my co-host here, Tom Hicks, is not with me, and yet I wanted to continue and, and have an opportunity by bringing on uh, a, another honorary modern marrow man, as I called him last time, Thank you, John. Uh, that he was with us. And so uh, here we are to hopefully have a fruitful discussion in a related area. This is John Miller. Uh, for those of you who didn't listen to the previous episodes with him, John Miller is the senior pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. He received his Master of Divinity degree from Greenville Presbyterian Theological Seminary and his Master of Theology degree in Biblical Studies from Puritan Reformed Theological Seminary. John also serves as a board uh, a board member on the board of directors of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary and is a lecturer in Old Testament studies and practical theology, teaching the course Introduction to Evangelism and Missions. So, John, it's good for you to be back with us here. Good to be with you, John. And last time we uh, spent our time looking at missions, and I thought it would be good to uh, then have a, another discussion about evangelism. And uh, so as... Uh, I normally like to begin simply by defining terms and explaining what we're talking about, especially in a day that can have a lot of confusion about these things. Um, mm -hmm. What would you say is evangelism and how does it relate to missions? That's a great question, John. Um, you know, when you begin with the word evangelism uh, and you hear the word evangel, right? Mm -hmm. So evangelism has to do with the evangel or the good news. Uh, to put it simply, it's... it's um, the good news of what Christ has done to save sinners being proclaimed. It's to proclaim the gospel, the good news of salvation from sin through the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, and calling all people everywhere to repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved from the wrath of God to come, being reconciled to God. And to put it, you know, in some of what we talked about before, in other words, evangelism is part of carrying out the Great Commission. I think last time we were looking at uh, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, and the Great Commission, which is the commission given to the church to make disciples from all nations. Mm -hmm. And part of that is, of course, the evangelizing, the proclamation of the gospel. But the Great Commission doesn't stop with evangelism. It continues on in that sense of baptizing those who repent and believe, and in that sense, uniting them to the local church. And then, of course, teaching them everything that Christ has commanded, that whole aspect of continuing discipleship. And therefore, it involves the planting of churches that will then go on to evangelize and plant more churches. So that's, I think, one helpful way of thinking about, about evangelism. It's part of that great commission and the proclamation of the gospel. And also, uh, when we think of missions, for at least in you know, modern usage, we tend to think of crossing cultures Right. Yeah, and and whereas evangelism, we tend to think, uh, I mean, we can of course cross cultures when we evangelize, uh, but but there's that aspect of it as 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 well here, right? That's a little more uh, broad in that way. Yeah, I think yeah. In our previous po podcast, we were talking about how missions, at least historically, is referred to as this idea of carrying out the Great Commission to make disciples across cultural boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, I think I mentioned Andy Johnson's little book in the Nine Mark series, Missions, How the Local Church Goes Global. And he talks about how 
uh, missions is evangelism that takes the gospel across ethnic, linguistic, and geographic boundaries mm -hmm. uh, in that sense. So, so evangelism is certainly a part of missions. The way we, at least the term historically is used is to say we're doing it across cultural boundaries. Um, but the church is to be doing both, right? Where we are <laughs> in our own cultural context, evangelizing, uh, but then also going to, to places where Christ has not been named or across mm -hmm. cultural boundaries. And that's, that's how it connects to missions, uh, but why we can also at the same time make a distinction. Um, mm -hmm. I think last time I made the point as well, R.B. Kuyper in his little book, God-Centered Evangelism, kind of bucks against the idea of making a distinction between evangelism being local and missions being something that's, that's far, uh, far away. Um, because in reality, both are doing the work of evangelism. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and yet at the same time, you know, the added layer, so to speak of going across cultures, uh, has more things to consider and to think about, which is why it can be legitimate uh, not to make a hard separation between, quote, evangelism and missions, uh, but to see a distinction, at least in the context in which evangelism is being done. Mm, yeah, that's, that's really helpful. So then, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of uh, those listening uh, were raised in an environment where evangelism was uh, expected uh, of all believers in Jesus Christ. And sometimes we may hear of Others who want to uh, see evangelism more directly tied to the pastoral ministry uh, or mm. to the responsibilities of pastors. So in, in, in light of some of those discussions, uh, who would you say should evangelize? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I think we need to think carefully about how we answer that. Mm. And it gets back to an understanding that sometimes is lost in our modern conversation about evangelism that the commission to make disciples, the commission even to evangelize them is given to the church. Mm -hmm. And so in a real sense, the whole church and the church is that which is to be doing this work. We're the ones who are called to evangelize. But what that means is in the church, you have people who are given different gifts and graces and different positions or stations, you could say in the church and also in, in life. And so Evangelism is something that, that everyone in the church should be involved in, but according to their gifts and graces, according to their position and station in that sense. Mm. Um, there's a real sense why by being just a part of a local church, that in itself is part of witness. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, We don't always think about this, but the very fact that we go to worship the Lord on his day, on Sunday, on the Lord's day, mm -hmm. is a witness to our community. Um in that sense. And so in that sense, every Christian can be a part of part of evangelism, even by coming to worship the Lord on, on his day mm -hmm. uh, in a witness in that sense. But of course it can extend beyond that uh, mm -hmm. obviously. And so in a real sense, I think we need to say that yes, all Christians are to take part in at some level uh, in this work of evangelism that's given to the church, but right. it needs to be understood according to the gifts and graces and the, the specific stations or places that, that each Christian has been assigned by Christ or given in that way. And I think for, for um, some people too, it has to do with kind of what practically speaking evangelism looks like in their minds. If evangelism mm -hmm. is like, if, if everybody needs to evangelize, everybody needs to be like a little Billy Graham and, mm -hmm. and go out and, you know, preach the gospel everywhere. Um, I mean, that, that, that's a crushing burden right. that 
God didn't uh, ask all of believers to bear in that way, right? And um, or or if you think of evangelism in terms of you know seeing the the open air preaching uh, on street corners with right. people with bullhorns and and uh, preaching and, and 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 yelling, and if that's what you think evangelism is, uh, then you know that's that's something that. Well, uh, I, I'm I'm not against uh, forms of open air preaching if done. Right. Well, I think they're actually valuable and important. But, yeah. But my point is, if 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 we limit the idea of evangelism to to these kinds of very specific approaches uh, to proclaiming the gospel, then uh, you know my involvement in them, as you say, depending on my gifts and skills and and vocation and and right. circumstances and all those things. Um, they really they, they limit and they hamper me, and in in that way, seeing the the great commission and making disciples and evangelism uh, not as an individual. You know, Jesus didn't say, to, you know, you personally go and make disciples, and you right. and you and you and you and you and you. And you. He <laughs> said, you the church go and make yeah. disciples, and so then that gives us a certain freedom then to to see this as more of a. Uh, corporate responsibility, right? Uh, rather than an individual. I mean, it, it's both, as you've said, right? But, 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 you know, keeping that corporate in mind uh, frees me to be involved in ways that, if I'm only thinking about it in terms of me, you know, of the individual evangelizing, uh, may may leave out ways in which we're involved with this responsibility. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, you think of the the mother of of five children, for example, and she's at home training up her children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And there's a real sense in which she's doing evangelism by evangelizing her children, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then maybe other opportunities she has in different ways at the grocery store with with other mothers uh, in the neighborhood. You know, those different ways. She's not out <laughs> preaching on a street corner, <laughs> right. but she's still doing the work of evangelism, and in that sense. But, but it gets back to that bigger issue, I think. So much of evangelism is often taught uh, in a very individual, and it's only the personal evangelism way. And there's then a loss of understanding of evangelism as a work given to the church as a whole, mm-hmm. and each of us having that part to play uh, within mm-hmm. it. And as you said, uh, doing street preaching, that's a great part, and churches should be doing that kind of kind of thing, different ways and means that are legitimate ways and means to get the gospel out. We should take every opportunity we can uh, mm-hmm. in that way, uh, but to recognize uh, we're not all going to do the same uh, task in that. Even when, say, someone's preaching on the street corner, you have others that can be there that are passing out tracts, some that mm-hmm. are just praying, some that are engaging with people one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And so you have a, a group of people involved in evangelism, not just the person who's standing and preaching in that way. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you can see even in that kind of a venue, you can have multiple people involved according to their gifts and graces uh, in, in such a situation. Mm. So, you know, in some ways we maybe have already started talking about this, but uh, thinking about evangelism, what, what would you say are some problems with evangelism as it's you know usually done in our own day? Yeah, there's lots of things that we could say, <laughs> but maybe we can go down this track a little bit more. Of, of sure. one, of the, one of the biggest problems is how it's disconnected from the local church. Mm. Um, uh, and you can see it in a couple of ways. On the one hand, you can see evangelism absent from the local church, disconnected from the local church. Uh, Sometimes you can have it where uh, maybe well-meaning Christians could be part of parachurch organizations. Mm. 
And there's a place, mm-hmm. there, there can be a place for parachurch organizations. Um, and n- not to say that there isn't a good desire even there, a godly desire to see people come to faith in Christ. And yet, sometimes in, in this kind of uh, work by a parachurch organization, there could be little to no concern that those who come to faith be connected to a local church. Mm. Um, and, and so it's truncated in that way. Um you know, another another way in which I'm thinking, too, is you know, there, there are some of uh, believers who uh, zealously desire to spread the gospel, and that's a good yeah. thing. But they take that on themselves as a personal responsibility, disconnected with the local church. And so they may be going out on street corners or at abortion clinics or wherever, you know, in, the, in, the, in their uh, preaching. But they're not under any kind of accountability or support or, or, or any kind of relationship uh, with, with their local church, with their pastor. And, and yes. in, in that way, so you, you have the problem of, of evangelists in, in that yeah. sense that are doing it independently of the local church is kind of their own personal ministry, uh, which, which is problematic. But like you say, then the way a lot of this is carried out, the goal is uh, maybe a decision or, yeah. or conversion or, or whatever, right? It's, it's saying the sinner's prayer uh, and it's uh, not d- then connected to the larger discipleship of yeah. um, connecting to the local church uh, being a, a disciple who's continuing, you know, who's baptizing and or who's baptized and continued to 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 to, to have these things taught to them, uh, the, the things Jesus taught, and so, um, so yeah. Any uh, other or or maybe building on those some more. Yeah, yeah. So so you can have that the person disconnected or not concerned to connect converts to the local church in that mm-hmm. way. You can have parachurch organizations in one sense that. Um, place the local church even though they're not a church right um sometimes you see that happening for example with campus ministries that can happen in a sense where they serve like as a substitute for the church though they're not a church because there's no membership no christ ordained officers no sacraments um and so that that be- i've sometimes seen that with like bible studies and in yeah. context as well again bible uh, who's going to be against bible study right when these things are carried on again apart from uh the local church uh, you don't have officers you don't have uh you know the lord's promises and and and, and his presence with his people and in that way and and so um yeah yeah there's that confusion too yeah rb kuiper again in his book on god-centered evangelism um he makes the point again that the christian church is the god-ordained agent of evangelism Again, mm-hmm. the commission was given to the apostles in that sense as representing the church as an organization, mm-hmm. right? And he's making that classic distinction between church as organization versus church as organism. Yeah, the apostles being the foundation, of course, right, with Christ right. as the so cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Given to the whole church in that sense. Um, but he makes this point, point. I thought it was good. He goes, it does not follow that individual believers may not witness to the gospel. They certainly must. Nor does it follow that groups of individual Christians representing the church as an organism rather than an organization may not engage in evangelistic effort. Uh, they may, and it can even be said that under certain circumstances they must. Mm-hmm. Yet, the fact that according to scriptures, the organized church is the primary agent of evangelism has some definite implications as to method. And he goes on to list several. I'll just mention a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the first implication he says is that the organized church must conduct evangelism. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and that gets to why is it that sometimes you get these parachurch organizations uh, that arise? And also why is it that sometimes individual Christians uh, can be involved in it, disconnected from local church? Because sometimes local churches aren't doing the work they're called to do. Mm. And that's, that's the other way that evangelism becomes disconnected from the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, evangelism is no longer being done by the local church. Uh, and that, that can be a problem in that way. And we can come back to why that's the case, uh, but that's one implication. But his other implication is voluntary associations of believers may not under normal circumstances, presume to displace the organized church as the agent of evangelism. Mm-hmm. And that gets into what kind of some of what we've talked about already in that sense. Um, but when you do that, I guess part of the part of the problem that is you also cut yourself off from a, the broader resource of the local church in mm-hmm. evangelism and that broader witness. Um, one of the things about being part of a local church is it's one of the ways in which we do carry out those one another commands, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. ways we love one another. And one of the greatest ways in which uh, the gospel is is adorned, if we can put it that way, is by the love that Christians have for one another and non-Christians coming into that context and seeing uh, the gospel lived out, worked out in that way in the relationships mm. between Christians. And, you know, what, what did Jesus say in John 13? They will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. Mm-hmm. How can non-Christians see that if they're not seeing that in, in that context of the local church where that that's working itself out. And so the evangelist who is disconnected from the local church cuts themselves off, so to speak, from part of uh, the very means that God, God, God uses in that way. Um, right. When, when we only think of it in terms of the information we're communicating verbally, right. uh, I mean, that's obviously central, you know, we're, we're not sure. suggesting the uh, what, what, what's that, quote that's often attributed um saint francis uh, of assisi saint francis of assisi right of um preach the gospel use words if necessary right right i mean that's clearly not what we're saying the, no, the, the gospel message is central <laughs> to our evangelistic efforts and there is no evangelism without the preaching of the gospel but there you, like you say there is a church centeredness to it where they're not only to hear the message but they're to see these truths yeah. Uh, lived out in community uh, there to see these truths in some ways lived out in our lives. And uh, so, you know, there, there's, there's a lot there that, that uh, is, is helpful for us to, uh, to think through. Uh, yeah. So that's good. Um, perhaps to come back then to a little bit of why, why is it that a church no longer evangelizes? Mm. Um, Cause that's also a problem that we can see today. Churches mm-hmm. that no longer evangelize. Um, or where little evangelism is occurring. Um, now, some of it can be in our current situation because they see parachurch organizations doing it and they just leave it, leave it to them. Right, right. <laughs> it can, can be that. Um, some, sometimes I think about churches where there's a university nearby and great opportunity to evangelize um, students that come, but they don't do it because they see uh, you know, parachurch organizations. But of course, other reasons can be things like the loss of the gospel by either adding or subtracting to it. Um, and so they don't have the gospel to actually evangelize. Um, mm. Another reason can be uh, some doctoral diversions where, again, we have a whole class in, in CBTS on hyper-Calvinism. 
mm-hmm. and how that can come in um, and a fatalism uh, which doesn't understand or recognize how God uses means and the means of, of our lives and proclamation of, of the gospel mm-hmm. or the view that evangelism is only for those who are gifted as evangelists <laughs> right that's the only only way and so that, that can be could be part of it um, mm. but if we really get down to maybe some of the issues that we ourselves struggle with evangelism it gets into more of those internal issues doesn't it john yeah. i mean yeah uh, how we can often become inward in, ingrown or inward focused at times mm-hmm. and not not be concerned about the lost around us or the biggest reason is is fear of man mm-hmm. um, and so we fail to evangelize because we're fearing how people will respond to us instead of being concerned about their souls uh, before the lord well and we also um live in a society in which we're more frequently um self-segregating you know sometimes you'll hear people talk about living in the christian bubble where you know we go to church all our friends are are christians going to church uh we homeschool our kids we send them to private christian school we so we surround our whole life is surrounded by uh at least professed believers in jesus and so even our our you know relationships and our access to unbelievers uh, is is minimal and and therefore we don't see many opportunities uh, to evangelize. And again, none of that excuses uh, what, what, you know how we're to live in this world. But but you know, they're, they're, like you say, there's there's so many of these reasons, uh, including the internal ones, which are all the heart issues are going to be the central ones, uh, right? Because when the if, if if our heart is overflowing with uh, gratitude for christ and what he's done for me i'm going to find opportunities to to, yes. <laughs> to tell others about him right um but but that's that's the challenge isn't it our hearts can grow cold or or right. uh, we can get distracted and busy or uh, and all those kinds of things that that take place in our in our lives and so i appreciate uh, that you know a, a scripture passage that, that always comes to my mind here i mean obviously great commission matthew 28 Mm-hmm. Uh, is is central, uh, but uh, I I love you know First Peter uh, two uh, mm-hmm. verses uh, nine and ten right. But you are a chosen generation, mm-hmm. a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Mm-hmm. Who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. God has saved us to proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And, and of course, Amen. we do that in our worship uh, yeah. as we gather, uh, but we also do that as we uh, seek to uh, proclaim uh, Christ to uh, the nations and to those who are not, uh, have not been reconciled to God and, and, right. and are not, worshiping him because of, of the salvation and, and love that they have received in Jesus Christ. So uh, that, that th- I think that's a helpful way to introduce uh, the subject, and I'm sure we'll continue to have discussions in upcoming episodes. So I want to thank you, John, for joining with us, and I want to thank everyone for listening to the Modern Merriman Podcast, the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. If you'd like to know more about CBTS, 
please visit us online at cbtseminary.org. That's cbtseminary.org.